Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. My name is Mark Stevenson, and that is not Mark Vila to my right, which is very strange, although if he shaved his beard, that's how he would look. Vila? Uh, yeah. Wow. No, I'm, uh, I'm here today with uh, Don Copeland, who is our digital products manager and specialist in um, UV printing. And today's episode is all about the UV printing boom. I wanted to uh, get Don on because he is the... Um, the star of all of our UV printer videos and talks to most of our customers. And really, sales have gone so much up so much uh, in the past 30, 60, 90 days for UV printers, there's definitely something going on. Craziness, yeah. I mean, it's, um, thank you for the introduction. It's, it's definitely out of bounds, I think, of what we expected, right? Um, UV printers are from the products we sell, the most expensive products that we sell. Yep. And so you would expect during a period like we're going through now that we'd see a downturn, right? And it's kind of been the exact opposite. Um, you know, what do I attest that to? Good question. There's a lot of things. Number one, the cycle is greater on the larger ticket items. You know, people who buying machines, it takes longer in a lot of cases to make decisions. So decisions in a lot of cases were probably already being made before things change. Okay, got it. Um, another thing would be that they tend to go into uh, more established businesses, which had turned to a time like this to be able to, to weather yeah, the storm. Yeah, they're, they're the ones that reinvest. Yes, in downturn, exactly, downturn. exactly. You know, it's just like the stock market. When's the best time to put your money into the stock market? When it's down, low, same right. thing, it's not a bad now, idea. You, you mentioned, before we go any farther, you mentioned yep. it's the most expensive of our product line at Cold mm -hmm. SE. Um, the range starts at around 20000 Yeah, from, you know, we're, we range, you know, from a startup package of around twenty to a full-blown top-end package um, of our standard smaller format machines of in the mid-upper 50s. Right. And then we also offer, uh, within the limited territory, the four foot by eight foot, uh, the Muto 2508, which is in the mid 80s to up around 100,000, depending on how many heads you put into the machine. Yeah, that's terrific. Um, we need to sell more of those. So if anyone is interested in spending $85,000, please let us know. We've been throwing a free hat if you buy one today. <laughs> the, um, so uh, one of the things I know that's changed is up until very recently, We've had the uh, the two compressed UV printers. Correct. And they're they're uh, great printers. We still sell them a bunch, but we also added Muto to the product line. Yeah, we brought on. Uh, it was about probably seven or eight months ago. Uh, we started investigating bringing in a smaller format, uh, lower price pointed machine uh, because a lot of our customers especially this group who's watching this podcast, yes. um, are not looking to invest that high of an amount and uh, looking more for a, a desktop-ish type of machine. It's hard to get a truly desktop uh, UV printer just because you have to have the extra room in there for the lamps. And the real reality check is, is that size doesn't make up for that much difference in cost. Right. So and as you I, drop I, off, right? I'm just making a note here to see if desktopish is a word. Really? So now. so the um, when we first started with the Muto 426UF, it's kind of a tabletop machine. Yeah, it is a ta you know, it, it is it's tabletop. It's um, 
It has a smaller print area, a little bit less of a throw on the depth, um, but it's also priced at about two-thirds the price of the Compress, which, which has a large, the 600, which is basically a 24 by 18 machine. Yeah. This was basically a 12 and a half by uh, 19 machine. So, so the, the price, and, and we'll get into some more applications in just a minute, right. but, the, um, but the pricing, like what really impacts the, the pricing of the printer? You know, a couple of things. One of them would be the depth. Um, the print area to a degree okay. does. Um, so you know, when, when you say the depth, because a lot yes. of our, our folks that are listening are t-shirt printers, sure. which are all pretty much the same depth. Well, if you think about it, uh, you know, let's just use an example for those who maybe, there's a ton of M2s out there on the marketplace. Mm -hmm. We've sold two or three of them over the years, right? Yeah. Um, I would guess that we've actually sold a couple thousand of those machines when we first brought that machine out. Close to nine years ago, yep. right? And so it uses a upgraded, the Compress uses an upgraded version of the engine that's in the, the uh, M2. The M2 has about this much of clearance from full down to the, to the face of the print head. And that's about four inches. Four inches, and it really only can travel through a couple inches of that, right? Okay. Um, so the difference is, is you had to build in a lot. We now have 11.8 inches on the Compress, compress both the 600 and the 1200 so there you have to build in for that you have to build in for the fact that t-shirts really don't weigh a whole lot right, right? you know even with uh, the Tucklock platens you may be toting four pounds through the machine um, the machines now the current compress machines will both handle over 100 pounds on the bed okay so you're putting solid finished product we've printed on bricks and rocks yeah, and yeah, pavers yeah. and things like so, that so the <clears throat> so the depth of the print influences the price Mm -hmm. um, for a couple of different reasons. Sure. And then the size of the print influences. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and why is UV more expensive than DTG? Mm -hmm. um, there's there's more. The the inks are not water based. They are UV inks, which means they are uh, made from oligomers and monomers, which are building compounds of polymers, and they're liquid versions of that. So they don't use water. They don't use solvents. However. They are they wear on components similar to what solvents do. So you can't take the standard lines that we use for a, uh, a an M2 or right. a G4 um, or the containers or the print heads or anything like that and use those because the inks themselves will they'll, they'll weigh and they'll start to take take their toll. There are some players on the UV market that actually just use water-based components and they, they're replacing their components. Some of them that we would say are, are a year to year and a half component, they're replacing every 60 days. Wow. Print heads every six months, wow. you know, where ours generally takes a couple so, years. So really, like the, um, the similarities would be that um, both, if you're a DTG printer, you'll know exactly what we're talking about, is both DTG and UV are inkjet technologies, yep. right? Uh, which means there's no transfer paper involved, it's quartz ink right onto a t-shirt or an object, um, just like your regular printer does. You know, we probably the best thing to do, if you really want to dig into it, uh, we did a, uh, well, what Hannah calls a movie, um, right. a, a video uh, probably about a month ago yep. that is up on our website, and it actually goes into the similarities and the differences. I'll put between, a link there. Yeah, yeah, it, for a DTG and UV. The reality check is, is that from a mile away, you know, mile high, you look, they're identical technologies and the printing that they do. 
you know, we used when we first got into the UV with the compress, they sent us a machine to test and we hadn't had software developed necessarily directly for UV yet. We literally just did some modifications in the driver and the droplet sizes and stuff to our M2 driver and to do that. our initial testing. So the software is very similar feel. If you're a customer of, of, of Coldessi's that's using an M2 or one of our older DTGs, or you have one of our digital heat effects yeah. type of product, you, you'll feel right at home in the RIP. Um, yeah. In fact, we are continually helping each other when questions come up um, with the RIPs. I, I'm not really super savvy on the digital heat effects, mm -hmm. but a lot of times, uh, Ashley, who works here and is kind of a frontline support person, will come up and she'll be having questions on the, the RIP for the di digital heat effects, and I can answer the questions because the functionality of the RIPs is the same. That makes sense. So, um, so we've got this kind of uh, perfect storm here that's leading to more greater adoption for UV. Yes. We've got uh, lower prices with the yep. MUTO product. Yep. Um, we've got like a couple of years in the market where people are starting to become more familiar with it. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me, but why, like what would somebody, everybody knows why you get a DTG printer is to print mm -hmm. t-shirts. Sure. Why would you get a UV printer in the first place? To print the other stuff. Next question. <laughs> the no. other stuff. So why? Um, it's, if you follow the model of Coldessi, which was SWFE when I started here almost 16 years ago, it'll be 16 years in November, we sold embroidery machines, right. right? And then shortly after I started, we got into direct-to-garment, and then we added bling, and then we added uh, another type of bling with the spangle. We went from rhinestone to spangle, and then we added the digital heat effects. We've added vinyl cutters, and our model is the model that more and more decorators are taking on, because you guys are decorators now, right? right. You used to be screen printers. You used <clears throat> to be embroiderers, right? That, that those titles, other than at the highest level, are pretty much gone now, right? right? You're, you, are, uh, you, you help people get their ideas across, whether they're you know, political advertising signs, whether they're shirts for craft breweries, yeah. um, whether they're <clears throat> just you know, attitude signs, happiness signs, you know, you're, shirts. You're, you're in the customization business. Yeah, you are there to help people take their ideas and put them onto something that they can wear, display, whatever it is. Okay. And so, you know, a lot of the artwork is going to be the same. A lot yeah. of the your customer who's buying t-shirts for his campaign for sheriff, right? Also needs Coroplast signs to stick in people's yards for him yeah. running for sheriff. Uh, and you know, for the school systems, you know, you, you're printing uh, the shirts that you've been printing out Especially this year, a lot of opportunity for you know people going over the top for seniors this oh, year. Oh yeah, the right? yard signs have been crazy. Yeah. But the T-shirt side is just as big. But the yeah. yard sign thing, you know, we we did uh, I did a couple videos on sure. it, and we ran one, and a guy put it on his Facebook page or whatnot or something like that. Within an hour, he had 90 orders for signs. Yeah, we have one customer that had had one school that the school system literally, I mean the school itself bought signs for every single senior's family. Wow. And so that was something that it was starting to edge, you know, and we've talked to people about doing the senior signs for a few years now. Mm -hmm. But this year it went bonkers yeah. with the people. I mean around here you can't drive a block without seeing a senior sign. Some of them are totally customized. Some of them are just, just general class of 2020, yeah. you know, XYZ so, so high school. That's a good example of one thing that right. you can do with a um, with a UV printer. So from that basis, if you're a if you've got a custom apparel business, mm -hmm. what are some other things that you might make money with if you adopted UV printing in house? 
Oh, there's a ton. You know, it goes the full gamut. You know, let's look at when, when we're back to normal. Um, not that I think you uh, yep. you can ever be back to normal. Thank you. I um, that. But when we're back to a normal, think about if you don't know somebody or sometime when you've had an opportunity to be in a golf tournament, right? Fundraising golf tournament. You can do golf balls. You can do sponsor signs through the holes. You can do, you know, all the signage, the directional signage and around for that. You can take it and you can do poker chips. So if you have a, a casino night, right? Right. Or you could even take, and for that golf tournament, you could print poker chips up that are mulligans. You know, they sell mulligans oh, yeah. you can buy. So you could sell the poker chip, That's you give them great. poker chip, they turn in the mulligan so, chip. So, so that makes sense. So if your business is primarily schools, if you got a, a UV printer, then you'd have the ability to print those chloroplast, which are kind of like, um, if you don't know what that is, that is, uh, it's kind of like the foam core board that you used for science projects. So Coraplast, which is a brand name, is actually corrugated plastic, right. which is, think of cardboard made out of PVC. Yeah. Basically so, what it so is. If you're, so if your market is schools, you can, you can print those graduation signs. Um, what else could you do for if you're in the school market? So in the school market, wow. I mean, you can do customization on pens. You can do customization for a ton of different items. We print it on basketballs. Basketballs, baseball. You know, Nowadays. so, and, and they work, by the way. These are not just novelty. Right. Um, we've actually sold to a large sporting goods manufacturer that actually had us print way too many basketballs. Sorry if they're watching. Right. Um, but we did a. We probably printed sixty basketballs over the course of a year for them to do testing, and they actually send the the some of the balls went to to uh, China, I think it was, and they have a machine we jokingly call the the Bouncematic Five Thousand that runs the basketball through. Uh, 25,000 iterations of firing it at a concrete floor, I mean a hardwood floor, right, at a 45 degree angle. Right. Just to test it, and t they test that. And then they also do play testing, which sounds like something we'd all like to do, right. um, where they actually use it in uh, like a, a league. Leagues, they leave the balls there, and so they get the other side test, which is hitting the rim, yeah, which is gotcha. another aspect. So, and they so last. So that seems like, so that's a good application. Mm -hmm. I mean, so if you're, if schools are your business, then that's a couple of good applications yep. for UV. Trophies and awards, I mean, you can get acrylic. That's, that's the next big one, really. The trophy business, the award business, mm -hmm. kind of rely, can rely on this technology for just about the whole business. Yeah. I mean, and you can mark almost anything. The, 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 the amazing thing is, is that this is a great opportunity for the non-trophy and award decorators. I've been doing this for a long time. Um, this is probably 35 years that I've been in the industry, mm -hmm. a little bit longer than that maybe. But you're looking at the trophy and awards industry is the slowest to adopt technology. That is so true. Of any of them, right? They're, you know, initially with rotary engravers and very, very slowly they started to adopt laser and then they started to play with sublimation and now, now from their world, from their standpoint, it's the most logical next step, Yeah. right? Because it allows them to take full color to items they can't sublimate to, Yep. right? Um, it allows them to bring color to things that they maybe are just now engraving or laser etching, right? So the opportunity for forward-thinking apparel decorators, 
Yeah, it's huge I'm, I because mean, you're a, you're adopters, right? So if you if you've got a business doing schools or you just want to get into the awards business, if you didn't know this, you know when we do our UV samples for awards, we buy awards and then we print on them. There, right. There's no special skill set. If you can print on something, you can print on the on a plaque or a uh, a glass cube. You know um, you can be in the awards business as soon as you get trained on a UV printer. Pretty much, yeah. and the, the, the companies that wholesale the awards are usually the really huge award companies, right? right? So they're not worried about the little guy yeah. being competition, so they offer great products. You know, a lot of them will have eight or 10 locations around the country, yeah. and that you can buy awards from them that are already pre-shaped. You know, the other side too is if you complement it with a laser engraver, you can actually cut your own stuff out as well. And that's a whole nother aspect of it, which will, you know, we could, you could look at bringing in the two together and you've got a whole different business. Absolutely. You now, know. if you're, you know, if the, the last thing we'll talk about, if you're already in the custom apparel business, if the, um, if your marketplace is corporate and you're used to doing, you know, 200 embroidered polos, mm -hmm. you know, if you have a company that is ordering a decent number of shirts, they're also uh, have a need for plexiglass signs like you see right behind us. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the signage in this building is printed on UV. They need parking lot signs, signs, parking lot, lot signs. signs. Yes. Uh, if you do events or, or if they do corporate events, they need those um, coroplast um, signage. Uh, in, inside hotels, you know, to stay, everything that says to stay six feet away from the other person, you can print with, uh, with the UV printer. The, the marketplace right now and it's not going away anytime soon right. for directional signage, for instructional signage that has to do with social distancing um, or changes in the, the old normal, right? Yeah. Um, so far as pick up at restaurants and things like that. Um, you know, there's even a marketplace if you want to do customization on the spit screens, right? That they oh, put yeah, up, they're absolutely. putting up everywhere. Because that's generally done out of an acrylic or a plexiglass type of material that you can print directly on, right? Yep. And so you can have directions on that. And understand that right now we're kind of just starting to dabble in it. And a lot of people are just kind of rednecking it. And yeah. they're just printing out a sign on their inkjet printer, taping it up and stuff. But as, as things move forward and we start to see a transition to the way things are going to be uh, it, and it, it becomes a manufacturing process. And you want it to right. look attractive. Yep. It doesn't look like somebody thought about it and just printed it up. And so being able to embellish it correctly is a good way to do things. Right. So I've kind of broken this down into the three um, adopters of, that are participating in the UV printing boom. The first one are our customers that are in custom apparel. The next one are people that are just approaching us that have really successful Etsy stores. We've sold tons of UV printers mm -hmm. to people that do nothing but products on Etsy. Correct. Could you talk about a couple of those? Sure. So with the Etsy aspect, number one, Etsy is legit, y'all. It oh, is. Yeah. It's not. It's huge. I will. I will equate it to 20 plus years ago when eBay first came out. Right. You know, eBay uh, or, or flea markets. You remember back in the day when you went to flea markets to find really good items that were used or collectible or stuff? And now you go and it's basically China Central. Yeah. You know, and you yeah. go to every other vendor has the same thing. Um, Etsy is legit. Uh, it's, it's awesome because people go to find stuff and then you get grouped in with other people who are doing like, I can go up and search a specific product from a customer when I click on it 
10 other vendors' products show up that yeah. are similar yeah, yeah, type yeah. of products. Um, a lot of it's craft-based, or a lot of it's um, something that you would want to put hang up in uh, a cabin or in your bedroom or your living room or something like that based on a certain Very motif. Very decorative. So I, I know we've had people that mm -hmm. um, have done hand-painted signs. Mm -hmm. Like that was their whole business. And now they've kind of converted that. Yep. We had one customer, one of our first Etsy experiences with a company um, that they were doing these, what they call farmhouse signs. They were basically six inches by 22 inches. So six inches tall, 22 inches yep. wide. And they were cutting them out of uh, plywood. They, uh, they were using, they had two high-end lasers, a CNC machine, and um, they were using the lasers to cut stencils out of a uh, plastic type of material. And that would be how they, they painted painting. it. They would paint the white board, which is still what they're doing. The painting of the white board was all day yep. perfect. And then they would frame them out in like one by twos that were kind of like a, a weathered antique looking board. Well, things were going along well with them. They were looking to put a machine in after the first of the year. And uh, we had good conversation. They were moving their business was the idea. Okay. Well, I got a panicked call the Monday after Thanksgiving because they had hooked up with a company that was marketing their products. Um, and they had gotten, I think it was, was 1,600 or 18, I think it was 1,600 orders on Black Friday. Wow. For these signs okay. that were six by 22. And they were able to do there was it was a husband a wife and one employee working out of a double garage in their in their home and they they literally could do one person could do six signs an hour in terms of masking it all having to cut out yeah, and, yeah, there's yeah. A, and masking it. it all painting it all off and then setting it aside and going to the next one we did a online demo for them i just went and cut some plywood up we had back in the the warehouse cut it up, laid six of these signs on the bed of our 1200, and we printed them in four minutes and 50 seconds or something. Under five minutes to print what would have taken them an hour. Right. So just being generous, you're not gonna turn that, you're gonna turn it 10 times an hour. Sure. Right? So they were able to do 60 signs an hour with a machine, all right, that you had right. to address every five minutes. Yeah. As opposed to one person doing six an hour. And 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 plus you you're avoiding all the labor of doing stencils. You know, you can add full color. I mean, we haven't mentioned that outright, but just like a director garment printer, yes. UV printers can do full yeah. color. You can go up to iStock or something, which we do all the time. Yep. And uh, and just print something, and it looks looks great. Well, I mean, and, and they literally. And that one order, they finished all those orders and had them out in 10 days. I, I'm assuming that was those were long days yeah. um, because they still had to put the framing and everything on them. But because the machine was doing the work, they were freed up to do the framing. Yeah. They didn't have to bring any additional employees on. They cleared well over $30,000 profit on that 10 days where the orders which paid for about 60% of their machine yeah, purchase. Yeah, that's great. We so, didn't even train them on anything. We gave them their, they came and picked up the machine. We loaded their laptop, set up only to print those signs. We, and we, <laughs> we don't recommend that. No, it's but, not, um, but it worked. And they're but, getting ready to buy a second machine. And, and, and it's us. not just signs on Etsy. It's not just wooden signs. It's, you know, you can do gift items. You can do Christmas ornaments. I mean, it really opens things up. It's kind of the perfect Etsy tool you know, if you're in a position where you can spend twenty to fifty thousand dollars investing in your business, and then then that I know that's happening now. We had a walk-in type of store. Um, I think they were in Alabama, 
um, that bought a 1200 I mean, when I looked at their website, yeah. I, I, I actually called the rep and said, um, if they don't buy a machine, you, you really don't need to be selling UV printers because yeah. this is a perfect application for it. They did a lot of rustic type of stuff, a lot of, um, you know, they, they a lot in the Christian marketplace of scripture type of stuff. So they yeah. were, and they were, again, CNC so, uh, or laser, things like that. So they're cutting out different shapes, putting stuff together. They bought their machine in December, I believe. Mm -hmm. Two months ago, they just bought a second. Two 1200s within 90 days, basically. Wow of each other and this was a this was a and well, trust me this was a kicking and screaming purchase with right. the customer ah it's a lot of money to spend and all and Take they 90 days to figure out the yeah they, they were she was like three thousand orders behind when she ordered her second that's machine. crazy that's i mean that's obscenity almost the the the, the returns are, are ridiculous and if you're doing if you're a, an apparel decorator or you're maybe you're specializing in um i just went on our the cas i think it was that uh no I th yeah i think it was that they were doing like camping themed stuff okay right? there were some orange shirts i saw that were camping mm -hmm. theme that we were that they were showing off from last week you know that's rustic stuff this yeah. stuff uv really excels at rustic because you can make stuff look rustic in photoshop with a filter or two yeah right and everybody can find pallet wood right you can take and make these things look hand decorated, hand, hand painted. You can even, using a UV printer, you can give it brush stroke textures. Yeah. So it literally looks like it's an oil-based Because paint. it'll do texture. It will do right. textures, right? So, <clears throat> textures um, mean some, some depth to your print. Right. So it's not a flat print. You can print. feel it. You can feel it. So uh, custom apparel businesses, we talk about Etsy stores and things like that. Um, We've been being approached for a couple of different reasons by some big brands, too, to do online. Yes. So um, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, Coldesi On Demand is a new division um, that we've started up. Uh, and there'll be another podcast about this to kind of take a brand from uh, the e-commerce software on the front end all the way through right. to delivered products. But big brands are getting into customizing stuff with UV, too, right? Uh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it, there's some sitting here from some very large players in the marketplace because understand that their business has not been to do short run, yeah. right? They think, it's, they think it's a good deal when Kentucky Fried Chicken comes to them and wants them to customize 10,000 fill-in-the-blanks, right? right? And they're starting to recognize the market for the not so much the one, though the one can be, the, the dozen to two dozen to 50 type of event. Yeah. You know, you're, you know you're, you're running a Ducks Unlimited banquet and you wanna do something special for your sponsors. And you may have 20 sponsors at it. You know, and they're starting to reckon, okay, we can sell them the tumbler, the cooler, the fill in the blank yeah. widget and customize it for them. And instead of this being a wholesale product that we would have sold at $18, it becomes a retail product at 40. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't get past, not only that there's a, a Ducks Unlimited event, but that you could get 20 people to sponsor a Ducks Unlimited event. Um, so like a big brand- They don't do Cabbage Unlimited, I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> the, um, so last year, year before, I started to notice in the retail space that a lot of uh, linen manufacturers, like sheets and bedding and things mm -hmm. like that, were starting to offer monogramming. So this is kind of a, a further development of that is people that, big brands that sell hard goods, whether it's, you know, uh, they, maybe they wholesale camping gear or they wholesale um, cases or electrical boxes or, right. you know, anything in there, you know, they're, 
they're bringing in-house the ability for you to go online and order something with this color and this design and your name on it or a picture on it. Um, and they're doing it with UV. So, you know, there's a marketplace for manufacturers of, of items that may go to specialty applications. Uh, think veterinarians, think dentists, mm -hmm. okay? Um, a lot of giveaways, a lot of products they may sell, Personal right? products, yeah. Yeah, we actually have a company that we sold to that manufactures uh, products for the dental industry, not per se things that you would stick in your mouth, it's, it's things like uh, holders for dentures. Or, okay. or for retainers and things like that. Um, we, they, one of them, their products, a couple of their products are actually for holding toothbrushes to keep them clean. And, you know, like you could stick against the wall or you put okay. in a, a travel kit. And they're offering now to the dental clinics customization with the dental clinic name and whatnot all on that. My wife works at a veterinary clinic. They, they forever are giving out things that are embellished with the veterinary, you know, so that they can, you know, they'll recognize it's a pen or something like that that's got their logo, their phone yeah. number and everything else on it as well. And, and you know, it's not, the, the, the really kind of impact that UV can have is, is it's not like we're talking about a different printer for each mm -hmm. of these applications or that you just have to choose one. I mean, you have to make some smart decisions up front. Right. If you are going to approach high schools about doing custom volleyballs, yeah, you, you can't need, use the MUTO, you right. know, you need uh, something like you'll need the, the compressed printers. Right. If you are doing a certain size sign, you'll need the bigger printer. But any of the printers that we sell can accomplish any one of these tasks I within just, size reasons. Another thing just hit me that is, is an application, which again, people thinking outside the box in the, these uh, different times, um, obviously probably a bunch of y'all watching this are probably printing face masks out right now, mm -hmm. right? On your DTG or you're using the uh, digital heat effects to do it. Or some, if they're really large orders, are even buying screen printed transfers. I've yep. seen some of those. Um, there are actually companies that are now making these, they look like a comb almost that you put on the back that it holds the straps of the mask. Okay. So it's not over your ears because if you're doing it day in, day out, you're, you're going to start to look like Yoda, yeah. right? And so this takes the pressure off. A lot of those people want these embellished, so they're decorating yeah, them. And that's another product. It's a it's a widget. You can drag. There are companies that are cutting out of acrylic these handle hooks, right? That you can okay. open doors without contact on the handles. They're embellishing those. Yeah. You know whether it's something to advertise their company or whether it's something they sell to a company that wants to say, hey, this is a product we want to offer you. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity. It, it's, it's really a strangely exciting time for people in the customization business because there are so many things that are changing in terms of every, everyday life, signage and all. We ha and we haven't even touched on the fact that we still have the, the need for Braille. Oh, right. right. Yeah, yeah with, the, with the Muto Braille machines sign. are certified for, for Braille printing. So that's a huge marketplace. And that's not a, that's a, not a low-rent marketplace. Right. You know, the, those type of signs are high dollar, and those type of signs carry high dollar fines if they're not in place, potentially. Yep. And so that's a great opportunity. Or, or that we're coming up on election season as the, at the oh, yeah. podcast. And, and yeah. there are companies that make their entire year just with election signage. So Well, especially with the, the political climate right now, there are going to be a lot of people out there trashing those signs. Everybody, so you're going to sell, you're going to be selling more signs because of strong opinions. <laughs> that's right. Um, okay, so um, 
we've, I think we've pretty well described the opportunity there. We'll put links to different things in the show notes so you guys can see. Um, let's talk about some questions that people have. Uh, Mark Vila sent in a good one. What are some big misconceptions people might have about UV printing? Here's a weird one. Yeah. People think it can print on absolutely everything miraculously. Hmm. So just as you probably had to learn about different brands of t-shirts, different materials the t-shirts are made out of, right? Guess what? You have to learn a little bit about ink adhesion and whatnot. We're here to help you with it. Yeah. But because it's not like, let's say, the sign industry where you buy a vinyl printer, right? And you buy vinyl, which is designed to be printed on. Right. And you stick it to stuff, right? This is off-the-shelf products in a lot of cases. There are some UV-ready products out there, and there are companies that sign companies that sell UV-ready printable Coro and aluminum signs and all right. that, right? But when you're buying just off-the-shelf type of items, which a lot of the things that you may do are, you gotta learn a little bit about adhesion. So you do have to learn that. Um, and because you can print on objects that are not necessarily just flat, you know, two-dimensional, um, you have to learn a bit about how, how far can you go into three-dimensional and printing gotcha. and playing with a, an item. Like a golf ball, you can't do an overall print on a golf ball. Um, however, you can, depending on the artwork, get, we've done some prints almost to an inch okay. on it. We printed on some ping pong balls yesterday, and yeah. I think I did, what, 0.7 inch wide on a ping pong ball. Yeah. Or beer pong ball, depending where you're from. Okay. Um, so th that's, that it's not a miracle cure. However, yeah. it's the closest thing in my 30 plus years in the industry that I've seen too. Yeah. It'll, it'll print on almost anything. But the, that margin of, of almost is important. That's why we spend a lot of time testing. If you want to print on wood, right. we know what happens. If you want to print on this strange plastic that you're importing from, you know, from Vietnam for a doodad, then we're probably going to need to test it. Because there are, are materials that it'll look good when you print, but it won't adhere for a long period of time. So, Where did Vietnam come from? I don't know. I was trying not to say China. China. I tried to kind of figure. Trying to give us another option. Um, okay. So, what are people? What are the big questions? Um, important questions that people should ask if they want to get into UV printing. How soon can you get me a machine? Oh, <laughs> That's you mean for question. them, not yeah, for me? Yeah. Uh, so, I think that the questions. You need to ask yourself questions first off. Where do I see this fitting? What is there a, a specific purpose I'm buying it for, right. right? And then the questions become, will it print on this? Is it practical to print on this? How much does it cost to print on this? How much time does it take to print on this? We get a lot of questions for people wanting to do stuff that, you know, I, I'll talk to the sales reps and I go, yes, can we print on that? Yes, I can print like 20 of them an hour and this is an item that sells for four bucks. Doesn't make sense. $80 an hour on a $50,000 machine. Got it. Right. So practicality versus, you know, whether it makes sense. Doesn't make sense to probably do business cards on a $50,000 UV right. printer. You could. Yeah, you could. But you don't want to. Right. So th that's one question. Number two is, um, you know, do you have room? Questions of, you know, what size door do I need? Yeah, How much space do I need for the machine? Mm -hmm. uh, because they are printing large areas. You know, if you look at now, our G4 only prints like, what, 16 by 20? Yep. And that's, you know, you start to look at that machine compared to the smallest of our UVs, which prints 13 by 19, 
Yeah. And they're virtually the same size machine. You start to get into our 1200, if you're wanting to do larger signs, 24 by 36 signs, a popular size, and will become more and more popular as we, we transition into the new signage era. Yep. Um, and that machine is like a smart car. Yeah, it comes <laughs> that's in a great way to put it. It comes in like, a, you know, it's seven feet wide, five and a half feet deep. Yeah, it comes, it comes, four feet comes tall. on a pallet. Yeah, you know? so, I mean, you know, do I have space for it? You don't have uh, concerns. Uh, amazingly, that's one of the, the real swings in the UV marketplace over the last 10 years has been a transition from the, uh, the mercury halide type of lights um, to LED. the LEDs is they don't draw anywhere near. I mean, literally... You know, you can use a regular house outlet to run to 1200, which is our biggest right. of our floor-based machines. I would say, too, that um, with UV, maybe more than anything else, you really, you're really going to need to learn and understand the software, and you're going to have to have a good graphics basics. Yeah, graphics that's basics. the same thing with, with DTG. The difference in DTG learning curve and UV learning curve is dealing with layers. Um, in the DTG world, 99% of our customers who are doing dark shirts, black shirts, hit open the file up in the rip, in the in the dark shirt or black shirt, you know, queue, and let it generate its own underbase. Yep. Right. When you start to deal with printing with a UV printer, I can print on a clear piece of acrylic on the front. Right, white underbase behind it, color right. on top. Yeah, or yeah. I can print the same thing on the back, reversed image, yeah. color down, white on the back of it. And if there's black on there, I probably don't need to put white underneath the black, so I just want to put white under the... And so you start dealing more with custom type of that. Then when we, we haven't even opened up the Pandora's box of textures of setting up designs so that you have yeah. some relief, some like the, the Braille signs we talked about with yep. tactile text, or, and you're more likely on UV to, to do variable data. So if you're going to print you go. different names on each one of those golf balls, or if you're going to do name tags or things like that, you know, so it's, I don't want to say it's not learnable. No. But, it, but it's, definitely, it's definitely something to consider. You're going to spend time in front of the software. You should have a good grasp of it. But you have so much more power. Yeah, a lot of I power. I mean, let's face it, there's not a huge marketplace for variable data t-shirts. I did see one. One time I had a customer who actually printed t-shirts for, it was some kind of motorcycle rally, and your t-shirt was your raffle ticket, and it had a barcode on it. Oh, that's so awesome. So every that's single shirt had a different barcode on it, and the vendors would shoot it with a barcode reader, and that's how they gave prizes away. And you know, it was Man, just, I think that's a great idea for yeah. trade show shirts. It's, it absolutely that's is. That's great. So. All right, listen, um, I think we've talked a lot about um, the UV printing boom, and we're not exaggerating here. It really is one of those things that's just That's why we're just drinking coffee. We've got to stay yeah, high, that, high on top of it. That's right. And, uh, and thanks, Don, for coming on the podcast today. Uh -huh. We're going to put a bunch of stuff in show notes. Um, the next step for you is, is to start looking, looking into this. If you are in a growth phase, maybe go to compressuvprinter.com or uh, go to... Um, to coldessie.com and start looking at, into UV, watch some of the videos and see if maybe it might be a good next step for you as well. Hey, I mean, certainly. I mean, all I have done for the last three months. Right, is do UV videos. Do UV, well, I did some DTG videos, but mm -hmm. it, there, there's such a marketplace. And understand that some of the trends that are really hot right now are not going to go away. 
the schools that had started this whole gig with the yeah. the, the, the senior signs. graduate signs and and probably another podcast or something but you start to look at how a lot of these things have been done in the past and, and historically those type of signs were done with large format uh, vinyl printers yep right they would be printed out they would have to gas out in other words they'd have to dry overnight yeah, yeah, yeah. and so if you had an order like my customer had 250 signs two-sided for a school you would have had to print out and have 250 18 by 24 signs laying around your shop drying overnight then you would have to apply them yep. mount them right and then you would have to put some kind of laminate over them so that they were UV stable and by the way the ink on those cost exactly the same as the ink on a UV printer that when it comes off the printer it's done you it's can dry. beat your head with it it's dry it's ready yeah. to go see you do that too it's weird yeah it's really just don't lick it though somehow oh, no. but it's definitely you're, you're, that marketplace is going to expand. These schools are going to come back next year. The parents of the seniors of 2021 ago, those are some really cool signs from last year. Yeah. So that's going to grow. It's going to be a thing. And yeah. the same same in all of these markets we've talked yes. about. Yes, yes. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, visit and share customapparelstartups.com forward slash podcast. Uh, this has been Mark Stevenson. I'm Don Copeland. You guys have a great business.